0: Welcome to the Westminster Chapel Podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk.
1: never meant to be an institution, but a hope-filled demonstration of love. A place of healing with truth that is freeing. Real friendship. Inspiring purpose. Joy unending. Help us recover church as God intended. Join us and let's enjoy God together. Good morning, everybody. Very great to have you with us this morning. It's fantastic. My name is Howard. It's my privilege to be one of the leaders here at Westminster Chapel. We've got a really exciting service ahead. For those in person or online, we have the wonderful families of three amazing uh, young children um, who are going to be dedicated later on. We're so excited about that. Um, this is the first batch of three, I think, because there's been so much new life in Westminster Chapel over the last 18 months. So it's wonderful. Then we have Guy and Heather Miller, who'll be sharing a message on parenting and discipleship later on as well. well in a few moments, we're going to invite you, if you're comfortable with that, to stand to join us in worshiping God. Uh, and I want to stay to do that with an introduction, an invitation to worship, and it comes as an adaptation of words from Jesus in the first century, where he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we would say the same thing. You are welcome here. If you feel weary, you're welcome. And you're welcomed by the God who wants to give you rest, real rest. If you're here and you're mourning, we want to welcome you that you might encounter in this community, but more in our God, real comfort. If you're here and you feel like a failure and life isn't going the way that you hoped it would be, you are so welcome in a community that will accept you, but by a God who wants to accept you, that you might know his love. And if you feel dirty and if you feel guilty and if you feel full of shame, then you are so welcome here by a God who wants to shower his forgiveness and his mercy upon you. So I'm going to invite you to stand if you're comfortable doing that. I'm going to pray and then we're going to celebrate worshiping this God who gives this great invitation to us because he's done great things for us. Lord, we thank you that you welcome us, Lord, into your presence today. Not because we're great people, not because we've done great things, But we thank you that you don't put that impossible burden on any one of us. But we come into your presence because you're the great God who's done great things. And through faith in you, you invite us to enjoy the great benefits of fellowship and relationship with you. So we say, have your way. Fill this service with your presence. Draw us closer. Help us to celebrate all that you are and what you've done for us in coming and dying on a cross to rescue us from our guilt, from our shame, from our failure and disgrace to give us acceptance, comfort, love like nothing else that is available in this world. Come, we pray.
2: I Savior, you your name lifted high Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior.
3: Thank you that you are the one who does great things, who has done a great thing, that we can come and worship you, our Savior, and give you thanks and praise, and we welcome you here, God.
2: is you are So sing, sing, the Lord is our deliverer. Oh sing, sing, the Lord is our deliverer. His love will never fail. Sing it out. So sing, sing, the Lord is our deliverer. So sing, sing, the Lord is our deliverer. Oh, sing, sing, the Lord is our deliverer, His love will never
1: us pray. Lord, we thank you that you came into the darkness to reveal your light, into the darkness of our hearts, of the mess and the, the guilt, the shame, into the darkness of despair or sense of failing, into the darkness of grief and hopelessness, into the darkness of injustice. You came to make all things new. And Lord, we thank you that you've done that and that you're doing that. And one day you will ultimately do that perfectly forever. And Lord, until that day, Lord, our prayer is that where there is darkness, that we would use us, you'd use the church to bring goodness and light and hope and joy. And Lord, we pray for everybody in this room, everybody watching online, where there is darkness around them, within them. Lord, let the light of your love come to bring hope, to show a better way, a way through, a way free from all of the things that enshackle and enslave and chain us to wrong things. Lord, we pray for liberation and freedom for all of us. Lord, we pray around the world right now where injustice seems to be taking hold. We pray for Afghanistan and for girls no longer allowed to be educated in secondary schools. We pray, Lord God of justice, reign in that situation. Turn things around where people are being trafficked into slavery. God, turn things around, Lord, and mobilize your church, Lord God, to make radical sacrifices with our lives, to make a difference to the lives of others, that we might reveal the heart of God who laid down his life to make the ultimate difference for us. So Lord, we pray throughout this service, come and stir us to be people who parent, to be people who disciple others well, to be people who pour out our lives, to see others stand stronger and go further and do greater exploits than we could ever do ourselves. Lord, help us to be a people who are not selfish, but servant-hearted, who pour ourselves out in love for others. And Lord, we thank you for this day that we can celebrate new life. Lord, and we pray that you would come by your spirit and make it a gloriously joyful occasion where this would be a sign and a picture of the new life that you want to bring to every heart, every person in this place, watching online and across the world. Lord, stir us with joy, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Please do take a seat. Um, it's great to have you here with us. It's a special occasion. If you are joining us partway through the service, for us to celebrate new life, we haven't had the chance to do this because of COVID. So we are overjoyed to have family members here, of celebrating three precious children um, this Sunday, and then in future Sundays there'll be another kind of little round where we'll be doing this. So I'm going to welcome up Stephen, who's one of our uh, elders, one of the leaders in the church. He's going to come up, and those families who know they're meant to be on stage as well with their children. Um, They want to come up as well at this moment and find a spot here that would be fantastic let's give them a round of applause as they do that as well
4: good well as um the parents and their children come to the stage um a big welcome to them but also to uh family and friends who have come to support them on this on this brief but important occasion. What a great sight, eh? Come on, let's support them. <laughs> um, in the COVID season, the young marrieds at Westminster Chapel have been very busy producing children. <laughs> this is simply three of I think a crop a crop in total of about twelve. So um, there are There are more to come. These three got in quick with their dedication service. And there are other children here I know today who will be dedicated at some point. So welcome to everybody. So um, there's a sort of threefold purpose in our doing this. The first is to thank God, uh, the maker of all things and the giver of these lives for the creation and birth of these amazing children. Secondly, so that to give um, parents and we as church and Christian friends um, the opportunity to make promises that we'll live our lives before these children in a way which um, honors God and in time directs them to know and love the Lord Jesus for themselves. And then thirdly, to pray that God's blessing may descend and remain on them. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks lovingly of his affection for children. You remember those well-known verses. Then little children were brought to him to place his hands on them and to pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And he placed his hands on them. And in... Doing things in this way, we see that the Son of God was tactile with the children. But he also pointed to childlikeness as the model for saving faith that everyone needs in order to receive salvation. And as well as the New Testament, the Old Testament affirms the value and the importance of the spiritual well-being of children. In Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength these commandments that i give you today are to be in your hearts and here's the point impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and get up parenting involves constant gospeling in what is said and in what is done. So let's first give thanks for the gift of these children. O God, our heavenly Father, maker of all things, creator of life, we praise your glorious name for the gift of these children and for the joy you have brought into the lives of their parents. Accept our praise and thanksgiving through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the first, thing, the first mistake I've made is to forget to introduce you to everybody, so I'd better remedy that now. So starting that end, Ewan and Lauren are bringing Aurora. I won't attempt all the names, because I'll forget them. So Aurora was actually born just before lockdown, which is why she's the senior member of the party here. So that's Ewan and Lauren and Aurora. Andy and Sean Megan are bringing Pearl. And um, Greg and Hannah Cooper are bringing Jonah, magnificent biblical name. So a particular welcome to you. Through And now I'm going to just direct this charge to you, which is as follows. In presenting your children to God, do you promise, in dependence on his grace and in partnership with the church, to teach them the truths of your your Christian faith and by prayer and example to bring them up in ways which honour and glorify good God. If you can assent to that, will you just say, we do? That's great. Thank you. And now for us as well, as a congregation for chapel members, regular attenders and Christian family and Christian friends, The charge to you is this do you as members of Westminster Chapel Christian family and friends recognize and accept your responsibility through your words and by your manner of life to characterize Jesus Christ and his teachings before these children so that by God's grace in due time we trust that they will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord if so perhaps you'll sign signify your acceptance of this responsibility by standing thank you if you feel able to do that thank you so much Um, and having signaled your affirmation of this uh, you can sit down (laughs) so this is the sort of high high risk section of the service where I attempt, much as Jesus did, to lay hands on these children. Wow, isn't he big? That's amazing. <laughs> and to pray for them. So as he's the closest, we'll, we'll go for Jonah. You okay? I've got him. I promise not to drop him. So a verse for you, Jonah. the steadfast, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness. And Father, as we think of your persistent love and favour towards the prophet Jonah in the Bible, calling him, calling him again, we pray that this Jonah, while he is young, will hear your gospel call and receive Jesus as his saviour. Help Greg and Hannah as they raise him to model a warm, consistent joyful godliness before him and as he gets older direct him so that he walks in righteous paths give him godly wisdom and discernment so that when temptations come he'll shun sin and instead find satisfaction and pleasure in his lovingly heavenly father and his ways and we pray that his character will be shaped by the outworking of the presence of your Holy Spirit in his life, in both the gifts and the graces, and that he'll know and experience love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness throughout all his days. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well done. I think I might hang on to this one. <laughs> But his parents won't let me. Good. So, um, Miss Megan the 2nd It'll be great. So she is Pearl. Um, I think is she the youngest here today? She must be. I think. Yeah, that's great. So, this is probably even higher risk, and I will hand her back if she gets fed up with me. So, you know that. It, Perhaps in the Bible, um, the phrase "pearl" features as a metaphor for God's kingdom, which is something that is eternally precious. And also, I I looked up and saw that in the first century, pearls were regarded as more. I think I need an assistant. As more precious than diamonds. I had three very sensitive children, and they would all have been crying. And Lord, we just thank you for the gift of this precious life. We pray that saving faith will be stirred in her in her early years, that she'll open her heart to receive Jesus as Saviour. We pray that your Holy Spirit will indwell her powerfully as she grows and navigates childhood and her teenage years. Father, we pray for Andy and Sean for grace, wisdom, gentleness, perseverance as they raise her, and that in all their conduct, directing her to the Saviour they love. And I just pray, Lord, that this verse and scripture, which I know is precious to Andy and Sean, will hang over her. Where it says in 2 Timothy 3.15, from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that that will be true for this precious life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, and now for the senior Okay, I, th- I think this young lady l- might like an audience. But, so, she might just click, well, okay. We'll, we'll be friends one day. So this is Aurora. I think in the family she's called Rory. I think that's Ren's choice. I, I don't know, because I haven't asked, but if you're as old as me, you might know that Aurora was the princess in the original Disney Sleeping Beauty. Now, whether there was a, that was the driver in the name I don't know, but Ren will give you the inside line on that one. Wren is the older sister. So Aurora's name origins are interesting. They're associated with light and the dawn. And in the Bible, light refers to God powerfully revealing himself in his word and supremely in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So I'll pray. Father, I just pray that throughout her life, She'll know and experience the truth that God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We pray, Father, for Ewan and Lauren and that they will both tell her about the love of Jesus, but also show her that love in how they live. And, Father, even now, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be moving and working in her life, shaping her perceptions and her understanding And Father, above everything, we ask that you'll bring her to an early saving experience of the Lord Jesus Christ as her saviour. And that with that salvation and the deposit of your Holy Spirit in her life, she'll fan into into flame the gifts you've placed in her. And that her life will be joyful and bring joy to those around her. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just in closing, I'd like to pray both for them but also for you. So if you could just stand for the last time and I'm going to pray over you those wonderful words of the Aaronic blessing that we read in number six. And it just goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face Toward you, and give you peace. Amen. Thank you. We're done.
1: It's so encouraging, but we're going to take up a short break now. A moment just to say hello to people around uh, just to greet people as they're comfortable people are at different stages like that maybe say hi in the chat if you're watching online and also it's been great I think to have our young people in the service for the first time in a long time so before they go out, let's give them a round of applause um, we love you youngsters um, it's wonderful, but there are amazing activities all across the site of Westminster Chapel now um, that they're going to head off to in this break as well. And then we'll pick up the service shortly with a Bible reading. But we'll take a break now. Just turn around, and say hi, and do some meeting and greeting. Make people feel welcome. Bless you. you.
5: For the Bible reading, Bible reading for the Bible reading.
4: Please stay tuned for the Bible reading. Bible
5: reading. Bible reading. Please stay tuned for the Bible reading.
1: Ephesians six verses one to four. Children.
0: Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Good morning everyone. Are you sitting comfortably? Now we begin. We have a children's classic here. Uh, I hope you've all read it or had it read to you in years gone by. It's a wonderful book and it tells us a little about life. It tells us about metamorphosis and change. It tells us about healthy eating and non-healthy eating. It tells us Um, about childhood and adulthood, a great book. You might wonder why I brought this book up with me. It's been very well read, as you can tell. We read it to all four of our children and they loved it. And I also read it to our grandchildren, although they're getting a bit old for it now. Why do we read stories to children? There are lots and lots of reasons why we read stories. But one of the reasons we do it is because it teaches them the skills of listening. As you... uh, no, I'm sure that when you listen to a story, it's much more difficult to concentrate and take it in than if you watch it on a TV or a video or computer. You have to still all the other voices. You have to listen carefully. And listening is an incredibly vital skill for parenting and all other relationships. So that is the very hungry caterpillar. It also teaches us oh dear, there go my notes. <laughs> Thank you very much. One of the other things that teaching us to listen is it also begins us on the journey of listening to God, which is much harder. But the same things are needed to be still, to concentrate, to take time apart. And as we read or as we pray or as we worship, we can hear the voice of God. So listening is an incredibly important skill.
5: So... Uh... What we're going to try and do this morning is we are not just speaking to parents and uh, people who have got youngsters. We're actually talking to every member of the church because everything we say and share this morning has an application in terms of discipleship. And so you can't switch off this morning. In fact, this is a little bit like condensed soup. You might need to thin it down uh, afterwards and listen to it again in terms of some of these principles. Because we're going to give you three of the best. Uh, following on from Howard's excellent teaching last week, we're going to give you some very practical uh steps or things that we've learned that you can put into practice. And uh, I just wanted to say uh, right from the outset, when I woke this morning, I felt that there was going to be somebody here who maybe has had bad parents and parents that you've never ever been able to shine with. People have been very oppressive, harsh, maybe beaten you, and you've never ever felt the smile of a parent upon what you've done. And maybe you're now a parent and finding yourself acting that very same way getting angry with your children and I feel there's a sort of a moment of freedom after we've finished speaking this morning that God wants to set you free to know what it is to live in the gracious smile of a heavenly father so three of the best and as I said this is very practical and first First principle that we, we would want to encourage you with, and by the way, the, the, the caterpillar, he would eat good stuff and bad stuff, wouldn't he? If you've read the story, he had a whole lot of junk, a whole lot of lollipops before he got into the good stuff. So we're going to do good stuff and bad stuff on each of these principles so that you can learn what to miss and what to eat. And the first thing we want to say is rules without relationship can lead to rebellion. And I want to talk about some positives. You probably have all seen The Sound of Music. You all know Captain Von Trapp and how he whistled to his children and assembled them. And you know what little rebels they were. I First church I ever went to was a brethren church. In the brethren church, there were a lot of rules. <laughs> a lot of rules. You didn't go to... Cinemas. You didn't drink alcohol. You wore a tie to church. You bunch of rebels. And uh, actually, girls, you had your skirt length measured uh, in terms of how high was appropriate. Now, Heather used to pass flying colours on a Sunday. Tell you, when she went to school, she used to wind up her skirt, so it was a belt, and it was fantastic. By the way, she was a rebel, Um, and our our culture has reduced parenting sometimes to little rules of, well, caring and food and clothing and roof over your head. But the Bible positively sees parenting in a very much stronger, helpful, uh, inspiring way for you as a parent to think about yourself. And that is to think of yourself as a pastor or a shepherd it says in uh, it says in these scriptures we read, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And it's very easy to think, okay, a parent's job is just to give rules. These are the rules, kids. You just keep them, and I'm going to be the rule keeper. But it talks then about that it, that children don't exa- fathers don't exasperate your children. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I really want to encourage you, parents, to think of yourself and disciples to think of yourself as being pastors or under shepherds or trainers or directors. This will really help you. In Genesis eighteen nineteen, Abraham's job description given to him by God was, I've chosen him so that he will direct his children in order to keep the way of the Lord. So here's some positives for you to think under this he- heading. Firstly, you are God's appointed primary spiritual mentor for your child. Don't abdicate that. Don't think, I'm going to give it to someone else. But you take responsibility for shepherding, pastoring, caring, nurturing their life. And by the way, Middle Eastern shepherds led from the front. They weren't sheepdogs biting their bottoms from behind. Another principle is open the scriptures to your children lift up that mirror of god's word and help them to have a high view of god and help them to ask questions of the bible and finally under this positive thing rules without relationships leads to rebellion is you are god's agent when it comes to sin or rebellion to show them how there is grace and forgiveness when they come clean sin holiness judgment repentance The difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow are all a parent's or a disciple's job description. And uh, I hope that encourages you in some of the positives.
0: There are also some cautions in this. Um, Rules without relationship equals rebellion. And the first one I want to just talk about is beware of betraying trust. And babies are born to trust. They have no choice. They cry and they trust that somebody will come and feed them or keep them warm or just pick them up so that they don't feel lonely. They also trust that someone will mop up their sick when they throw up at the front of a service because they are born to trust. And as parents, we have a huge responsibility to build on that trust and not erode that trust. So one of the things that drive Guy and I mad is when we watch a lot of films that say, I promise I will do such and such, and we think, I don't know how you can promise to do that because you don't actually know whether you really can do that. And we would just say, be very careful when you promise and what you promise to your children. And only ever use that word if you're absolutely 100% confident you can meet that trust. Because if you keep eroding that trust, they will stop believing that what you say is true. The second thing I wanted to say in this area of rules without relationship is that if you have too many rules it can be overwhelming for children. I remember when I got to year 11 at school and our form teacher greeted us bunch of girls by saying, in my form, we we don't have any rules. And we all looked at each other and thought, that can't be true. And then he went a little further. He said, apart from that you respect me and that you respect each other. And of course, we realized as he said that, that all the other things like getting your homework in on time or not talking in class or wearing the right length skirt, apart from what Guy said I did, um, that, that everything else came under those two headings. So rules without relationship does equal rebellion and rules on their own don't make anybody obey them. If you're anything like me, the rules do not walk on the grass instantly makes me want to do that. And the pages of the Old Testament are just full of stories about people who lost sight of their relationship with God and then disobeyed him and led to rebellion. And rebellion is at the heart of every one of us from the earliest of ages. And the other thing I wanted to say is that rules above relationship lead to control. Howard talked a little bit about this last week. Over control is dangerous and over the years Guy and I have met quite a few people, some very close to us, who grew up with so many rules and then they went to a church that had even more rules and in the end when they reached teenagers, they just rebelled big time because it was just like I can't cope with all of these rules, I need to have some kind of place where I can make my own choices about things. So that is the final bit of this. Beware of not allowing your children to make age-appropriate choices. Now, obviously, little Jonah can't make many choices at the moment. But as your child grows, make sure that they have opportunities to choose things for themselves so that they grow in their ability to make good choices. And a wise parent makes much of majoring on the majors, not majoring on the minors, and letting the majors be few. I hope that makes sense. Major on the majors, don't major on the minors, all the things that ultimately, they're not that important. Um, but make sure that your majors are not a massive, long list. Um, and I think where love and respect um, is there, that's built over time, even if they make the wrong choices, sometimes they can know that they can say they're sorry. And you as a parent can say you're sorry. Sorry. And as the child grows they can learn what forgiveness means and what repentance means as they see it modeled in you they're less than perfect parent
5: so that's the first principle in discipleship in parenting rules without relationship equals rebellion the second principle is knowledge without obedience is toxic what do I mean by that well Jesus said teaching them in the Great Commission, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It wasn't actually filling their heads with knowledge, but it actually filling their heads with knowledge and then obedience. Jesus didn't say when he fed the 5,000 and said to the disciples, now you give them something to eat. The disciples didn't say to Jesus, like what you're teaching, Jesus, great stuff, but don't expect us to do anything. When uh, he said to them, wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high, the disciples didn't say, Jerusalem, forget it. We like Bethlehem. How's Bethlehem for you, Jesus? They worked out the very things that Jesus asked them to work out. And it says in these verses this morning, do not, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Do not provoke. It means your child to anger. Don't wind them up. In modern language, and one of the most winding up thing a parent can do is over promise, which Heather's talked about. I promise. I promise I'll be there. I promise I won't forget you. But I promise next time. Over promising or over warning. If there's one thing that drives a child and exasperates a child as a parent, who says, "Do that one, do that, do that, do that one more," t- I'm, ca- I'm counting. I'll count to three: a one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, two point nine 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 recurring. It drives children and me mad because parents, your word needs to be your word. And your child needs to know your words. So let me talk about some negatives in terms of knowledge without obedience. Firstly, really importantly, beware of blind obedience. We're not talking, the Bible never talks about blind obedience. That leads to abuse, parenting, being bullying, children who are controlled and over-controlled. They obey without understanding, without knowledge Parents, you're to teach a child why they should do that particular course of action. So that they can trust your word and understand it's not blind obedience. Secondly, never, ever say as parents, do as I say, not as I do. That is such a frustration to children. Parents who say to children, eat up your greens. What about you? I can't stand greens. Kids need to eat them. I can, remember my, I can remember hearing a parent say, look, don't you effing well do swear. I've told you off already. Don't. And it's like, hang on. You're swearing at your child not to swear. What planet are you on? Never say, do as I say, not as I do. Actually, as Christians and as, as parents, we are to model what it means to live a life that you want them to copy. And one other negative is refuse outward conformity in order to impress others. Refuse an outward performance of your child which looks good and get them in front of people rather than winning their heart to a course of action. Discipleship parenting is all about The heart. The heart is the seat of the emotions out of which directs the behaviour. And you are shepherding, as a parent, you're shepherding their heart so they understand. uh, Actually, I'm not doing this to impress everybody. I'm not doing this so mum can stand me on a table and recite this. I'm not learning this memory verse so I can do it in front of the church. I'm doing this because I know it pleases God. I'm doing this because I know it's right rather than performance.
0: Okay, so now some of the positives for this. Obedience is quite an old-fashioned word. It's not something I think we hear about so much with our children these days. But it's an important principle because it's a godly principle. The Bible tells us anyone who loves me, in John 14, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And we learn to obey God because we love and respect him as our father in heaven And we want our children to love and obey us because they believe ultimately we have their best in mind. And uh, there are some things that are non-negotiables. And we always say, stick to your guns as parents. If you're going to say something, stick to your guns. So if you say to your child, if you don't eat your vegetables, then you're not going to have a pudding, mean it. For goodness sake, don't say, "Oh, oh, okay, you ate two peas. There you go, you can have because it will just make it a hundred times worse next time. Whatever your guns are, stick to them, and then your children will respect you and obey you, hopefully. This definitely applies in a biblical discipleship relationship too, because we don't want people just to have head knowledge, we want to have people to have heart knowledge that what they hear in the Bible and watch through your lives, they want to obey it too because they see that's important before God. And, of course, obedience is also very important for our safety. So when you have a crawling child that's going towards a fire, it would be daft to not say something, wouldn't it? We would say no firmly, and we would probably pick them up and move them away from the fire, because we know that the fire would hurt them and cause damage to them. And obedience is also about that, so that if you're crossing the road, the child doesn't just think, oh, I can just wander where I like. Of course not. The rules are there for their safety and obedience is there for their safety. And again, I would say stick to your guns. You know what is best for your child in terms of bedtimes. When you say Let's time, it's time to go to bed, make sure they go to bed because they need their sleep. And, of course, you can tell them these things. As they get older, you can give the reasons why you do what you do. But when they're little, expect them to obey you. And finally, it's for proof of their love and respect. I love the parable of the two sons in the Bible where the father asks them to go and help in the vineyard. And the first son says, yeah, sure, dad, and then never does it. And the second son says, uh, no, I can't do that right now. And then eventually changes his mind and thinks, I really should go and do that, and does it. So which one pleases the father? Well, obviously, the one who obeys the father. And um, that's such an important thing. Children will test our boundaries We need to inculcate that relationship. So even when they mess up, they can think, actually, I love Dad. Like the son in the story, I love Dad. I probably should obey what he said. I'm sorry that I didn't. And they change their heart and do what they're meant to do.
5: So that's the second principle. I love the graphic, by the way, three blind mice. Knowledge without obedience is toxic trying to remember that you're looking for obedience you're looking for a lifestyle change not just filling a child's head or a disciple's head with knowledge and the third principle is is to go with the grain and here we're using a, a a, a timber or a carpentry metaphor in order to help you understand parenting. It says in Proverbs 22, six, uh, train a child or start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. This is not talking about a child's salvation. This is talking about a child which has a predisp- predisposition to certain likes and dislikes, a character, a bent, a, a, a real interesting a uh, load of hidden grain remains or is hidden inside the life of every single person. And it's your great joy as a parent to find that grain, to expose that grain and to and to smooth it and, 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 and display it for the glory of God. So parenting, think of you've got a, a block of wood and you're going to saw it, you're going to plane it, you're going to sand it, and then you're going to gradually polish it and expose beautiful, beautiful things that were hidden before to the human eye. So God has made every life different hidden likes, dislikes, gifts, personality, character, and you are called to bring that into fruition. So the positives in this is, I would say this, how do you bring and find out what it is God has put within that individual life? Firstly and foremostly, fill their life with color fill their lives with challenges fill their lives with creation fill their lives with knowledge expose your children to as much variety and differences that their little minds are always asking this question the questions what is it why is it how is it and, and if you're doing that well, the child is always leaning and discovering what they really love to do. It could be music. It could be art. It could be something of creation. It could be something mathematical. You just don't know. Sadly, so many parents want to force their child into a mold rather than to expose what God has hidden there. And by the way, parents, asking questions is the key to understanding. That's how we grow, asking questions. So a child, I mean, I know it's tiring sometimes. Why? Why? How long? How big? How big is the sun? How far does it take? Oh, for goodness sake, just look at it. Why are you always asking questions? Asking questions, they're finding out their likes, their dislikes, their loves, their passions and everything else. Secondly, I would say in terms of uh, exposing what's hidden within them is expose them to, and this is discipleship as well, expose them continuously to community. It's great to have big families. That's a modeling of communities, big families, including lots of children, but grandparents and aunts and uncles and everything else, because they all will have different likes and dislikes and passions. It's great also to expose them to church. Online church is fine, but actually there's no substitute for in-person church. And some of your children will sit here and they'll love the worship. They'll love what they do in Sunday school. They'll love what they see in another person. They'll ask questions and you'll gradually find that as they start to get older they'll start to pursue one thing over another. Worship group, people, I've I've seen so many children in Bournemouth look at the worship group and say, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to learn an instrument. I'd love to sing. And it begins a love and a passion, which is a lifelong passion. So reveal God's creation, reveal God's word, uh, which is my final one, really, in terms of When you come to the end of the day, we did this with all our children, read to your child just before they're going to sleep, read uh, some of God's Word, a Bible story, a biography of 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 a famous Christian person, or a biography anyway, and then pray for them. And I've always found those moments just before they go off to sleep are moments where they will ask the most awkward questions, difficult questions, but they'll also ask the questions of a dreaming question of, Big questions. Where did did grandpa go when he died or what what, what happened when that happened? And it's a wonderful moment for you to just open their lives to God dreams, God's word, God's future for their life.
0: And there's again a few cautions with this planing with the grain concept. And the first one we wanted to talk about was not comparing um, your children. And I'm always so grateful that my parents, I'm one of three never compared us to each other. I never remember my parents said, why can't you be more like your brother or your sister? Uh, my sister was gregarious and loved languages. My brother was a loner and liked physics and went to Oxford University. And I was creative and became a primary school teacher. And we were all different. And we, were, we celebrated our difference. And honestly, pretty much, I don't think we ever fell out because we wished we were more like the other person. And I think it's very important that we don't try to force our children to be something that they're not, or to compare them with other people all the time, or their other siblings. You can do it when they're little, you can do it when they're bigger. And also forcing our own wills on our children. So as they get older, particularly teenage years, you can start thinking, I know what the best subjects for my child will be when they start doing their GCSE, GCSE options. I know what university I want them to go to. I know the kind of boy or girl I want them to go out with. I know the person that they should marry and the person that they're with is terrible. These sort of things at that time of life can be a real relationship breaker. And a wise parent knows when to give their opinion without forcing it and not to fall out over some of these things. The other thing we wanted to say about is don't cling on. And... When you've got babies, like these lovely little ones we've seen this morning, you never can imagine they will leave home. But actually, that's ultimately your job, to prepare them for a life of adulthood and responsibility, for them fleeing the nest. And it's hard, but don't be God. Let God be God. They belong to him ultimately before they belong to you. And let them make some of their own decisions. We've talked about that already. And also, don't spiritually control your children Again, I had wise parents. They prayed for me and with me. They read Bible stories. They took me to church. They did all the things that you'd want to do with your children to point them towards Jesus, but they never forced me to make a decision to become a Christian. And I think that's really important both for our children and for those around us. Nobody wants to feel that spiritual control or pressure to do something that we're just not ready to do at that moment in time. And I love the story of the prodigal son where the father lets the son go. He knows he's going to mess up. I'm sure he knows at the bottom of his heart this is going to lead to disaster. But he lets his son go. He lets him make, make mistakes. But when he comes back, he's 100% there for his son. And that's to be our role as well. Our children will mess up. They will do things that we, don't, we wish they hadn't. And so will the people we disciple. But how we handle that is so, so important. We don't cast them off and say, well, that's it. I'm, that's, I'm not having any more to do with you. We welcome them back 100%.
5: So that's uh, Guy and Heather's three of the best. Um, so I hope that you uh, helps you. I hope that you uh, will listen to that in terms of discipleship as well. The story of the hungry caterpillar is the, is the wonderful, wonderful parable of actually what it means to become a Christian. Uh, actually, the, the 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 caterpillar, were it to remain a caterpillar all its life, just eating good or bad, if that's all it ever was, would just become one giant fat slug. Um, and actually, without God. Your life in this world, all you can do is consume, consume, consume. But what is your life really about? And the Bible says it's all about metamorphosis. It's all about transformation. It's to become something beautiful that God created you in relationship to God. It's also a story for us as parents to realize, as Heather just said, that actually there will always come a time when children will have to leave home. They will fly. They'll fly the nest And uh, it's a a hard time when that comes about. But actually, leaving and cleaving and getting them ready to become adults is part of what parenting is. So discipleship has the same aims. It says in Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, the very Greek word for metamorphosis, by the renewing of your mind in order to become a man or a woman who is after God's own heart. You know, there are... Many things I've done in my life which have been great fun and great privileges. But the greatest privileges in my life are twofold. One is to have four children and now two grandchildren and to uh, just see them. We, we're very close. We count it a huge privilege from God to, well, see them leave home and carry on. It's just it's just a wonderful privilege. The other thing is discipling men. Uh, it, it is the greatest joy, and Heather does women, to see... Uh, lives being taken hold of and become to flourish and to fly in God's purposes and there's nothing better so I pray this message isn't just encouraging you who are parents I pray it encourages you at home you here this morning in terms of actually Jesus said make disciples of all nations make sure we're passing what all the good things God's done in our life passing it deliberately on to others with these same principles so I'm just going to pray as I close and and we call the worship team back up but I'm going to ask you, if you are a parent, a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, which is involved with your uh, children, your nephews, your nieces, your children, your grandchildren, I'd like you to, I'd like you to stand, because I'm just going to pray particularly for those group of people this morning. As they hear this word, I'm going to pray for grace now to put it into action. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. You haven't left us to make it up as we go along, but Lord, there are principles in your word to help us as mums and dads, as grandparents, how to raise children in a way which will save hurting or harming them in any way. And I pray, Father, today we would not be hearers of your word, but doers also. And I pray for grace for grandparents, for parents, for aunts, for uncles, to influence children, to expose children to all the good things that we've heard this morning. And save us, Lord, from trying to control and over-control, trying to compare. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to put this word into action. Right now, Lord, as we go out from this meeting afterwards, I pray for every parent to know the joy of what it means to be a parent after God's own heart. Lord, may your seed of your word find good soil in all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
3: Why don't we stand together? I I just want to... Pick up on what Guy shared at the beginning. um, His word that he mentioned that, you know, potentially someone who's struggled with a relationship, a difficult relationship with a parent. And um, I think that's true of all of us. We all have imperfect parents. um, And for those of us who are are parents, um, we are all imperfect parents. But we come today to a God who does transform. And that's okay that we find ourselves in that place because God will help us. And it's really about looking to Him, about experiencing His love, and that will change us and help us with past hurts or or things that we're struggling with as parents. So we're going to sing a song now about being children of God and about experiencing His love. I'd love us just to respond to that and and to just sing that out, that actually it's, it's all about God. There's hope and there's transformation in Him. And we're gonna do that together.
2: You surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies to all my fears. Of Child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family, your blood flows through my veins.
3: I'm no longer,
6: I'm no longer a
2: slave to fear, I am a child.
1: Let's continue to respond. Such a great word from Guy and Heather. And I want to just, I sense that God wants us to apply this individually to ourselves. Is your relationship right with God? Do you have a relationship with him? Are you a child of God? Can you sing these words from the heart? Are you sensing that invitation to come back to Him, to, to, to come to Him for the first time in your life and experience His arms of love around you? Have you grown distant or far? God isn't saying, You're rubbish, where have you been? He's saying, I love you. Draw close, come close, come close. It's a relationship. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with your obedience? Are you walking in step with God? Are you resisting? Are you disobeying? Are you doing your own thing? There's a moment of just self-reflection and awareness. Not condemnation if you're a Christian. There is now no condemnation for those who believe. But a moment to repent, to turn from that and to seek forgiveness that's available only in Christ. And then lastly, are you going with the grain? Are you discovering all that God has put inside you and seeing him and letting him and others polish that up to serve others for his glory? Or are you fighting against the way that God's made you, the way, he's got, way God's made this entire world? Is there a moment just of surrender again? Surrender and say, I'm all here for you. I want that. They're really three questions all about the same thing. (laughs) Coming back in humility, sitting, kneeling at the foot of the cross and saying, I'm all yours, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. So we're just going to take a moment um, to do that right now. Wherever you're at, you can bow, you can kneel, close your eyes, bow your head and just respond to God. Just respond to God. No hype, nothing like that, just for you. To have a moment with God where you're honest, real, vulnerable. He already knows. He's just waiting for you to vocalize where you're at and how you're doing. Let's take that moment now. was singing as well that I'm no longer a slave to fear. Uh, That's a definition of fear. Fear as sheer terror at potential punishment, of being mistreated and abused. But there is a fear that the scriptures speak of, which is a very different kind of fear that drives away that fear. It's an awe and a reverence. It's actually being utterly terrified at the sheer goodness of God that he's so much more good than we are than i am and it's 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 terrifying he's so different he's so other he's so holy that is awesome and we get the privilege now to sing about that the goodness of God. He is full of mercy. He's more kind. He's more loving. He's more gracious. He's more generous. And he's here right now in this room. And we get the privilege to worship him. So let me pray. Lord, we just ask you, Father and Son, to release more of your presence, your Holy Spirit, that as we come to worship you and sing about your goodness, people in this room and online would actually encounter you, tangibly, real, in their minds, Lord, blockages, barriers to understanding you in hearts, Lord, ways that they've been distant or feel held back or restricted. Lord, we pray and ask in the name of Jesus for these things to be overcome through our corporate worshipping you and declaring the truths that you are good and you will always be good. Amen.
7: I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. I have lived in the goodness. goodness of God. Running up to me. Your goodness is running after. It's running up to
6: me. I me with my life laid down, I'm surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running up to me. Just declare
7: this church. Your goodness is running up. It's running
6: off to me, thank you, Jesus. Your goodness is running off to, it's running off to me.
2: With my life laid down, surrendered surrender now, I give you everything. Yes, Lord. Oh. Your goodness is running off to, it's running off
7: Faithful, who is Lord? All my life, you have been so.
8: us as our sins deserve you do not treat us according to what we have done God but you treat us out of your great love out of your unfailing kindness God you are endlessly faithful you are so kind to us Lord and we just thank you for your faithfulness God we sing of your goodness Lord Lord thank you Jesus just um, wanted to share a story of encouragement for all the parents here obviously the last 18 months has been very challenging for for us all but I think especially for families and for children and um, I'm sure many parents have felt that they haven't always Shepherded well, or, you know, it's been such an unprecedented time for us all. Um, And my brother shared a story with me a a few months ago. He has three children, um, seven, six, (laughs) seven, nearly eight, six and three. Um, And his son, the, the firstborn, Samuel, who's nearly eight, um, just had this amazing experience. I think they were just, it was a Saturday, and they were just in the house. There was nothing special happening, but there was a worship song playing, that song Fresh Wind by Hillsong. Um, and, in fact, I'm not sure if my brother was playing it on the piano or it was just playing, but um, later that night when his mum took him to sleep, he said, Mom, I just had the most amazing experience and feeling and he couldn't really express what it was that he felt, but he said it, it felt better than my birthday. <laughs> um, spirit, as a seven year old, and just you know, his, he's really struggled I think in lockdown. Samuel, and my brother as well, and my brother has struggled, has struggled with depression uh, most of his life, And I, and James, my brother, just said you know, you just so often feel like you're not <laughs> doing the right thing, or you're failing as a parent, um, and just the encouragement that God is faithful, Amen. <laughs> and Amen. even when we don't feel like we're doing the right things, or we are not, um, we're never going to shepherd our children perfectly, um, he is working, and his spirit is, is working and moving, and so Samuel had this beautiful experience, just in the, I love that passage in Deuteronomy that Stephen read. You know, as you walk by the way, as you in your house, as you rise and you sleep, let, um, let the love of God just be present and um, and know that God God's love is present, is, is what I mean to say, and that His Spirit is at work and that He is working in the lives of our children and He loves our children more than we will ever love them, and they do belong to Him. <laughs> so this next, this next song we're going to sing just um, really... Just declares this that God is faithful, that He takes our lives, just messy as they are and imperfect, and He does something powerful because He is good and um, He will be glorified in our lives and in the lives of our children. Amen.
7: our lives lord you beautiful restore refine Lord you're merciful redeem revive Spirit of God, breathe on your church, pour out your presence, speak through your word. We pray in every nation. Thank you, Jesus. You are reigning one church, one bride, Jesus Lord of all, with one.
1: Take some time now to do just that. We've sung it. Spirit of God, breathe on your church. The breath of God comes out of the Word of God, the creative power of God as He speaks, the breath of God that formed and gave life to Adam and Eve. The breath of God. Just a moment for us to respond and to. Seek with expectation God to move. Like he did upon that young seven-year-old boy, Samuel. He's the same God, different country, same God. So I want you just to take a moment now just to pray in your own words to respond. Let faith arise in your heart. God is here. God is here. And he wants us to encounter him. He wants us to know him. Not just... In our minds, but with the whole of our being—body, mind, and heart. So, just start to begin. If there's a hunger for you that you have, you want to know God more intimately, more deeply. I want to encourage you to pray. Start to let others hear you pray. There's starting to come out, not being ashamed of this heart cry, this this longing to encounter. God more intimately. Let your passion for him start to stir others to to pray and to speak out and to call on the Lord for him to come. We're just going to wait like this upon the Lord and trust him in this moment. I don't know what will happen, but I believe that he's good and he wants us to encounter him. We're going to keep waiting, but I just feel to say if you're feeling uncomfortable, it's okay. Maybe the Lord wants us to become more comfortable being uncomfortable, waiting on his presence. We need him. If you know you need a touch of God's presence, mm-hmm. sense of his love in a deeper way, if you know that you need healing physically in your body, I felt there was somebody here with, a, with an eye condition of some time, some kind that God, God wants to heal. If you want that, I want to encourage you just to raise your hand. Just to put your hand up. And what we're going to do is we're just going to notice where you are in the room if you know that you need that touch of God, that sense of closeness to his spirit, his presence, there's no shame in admitting that. We all need that at times. But if you've got faith to receive that right now, then what we're going to do as a church, it's not just going to be me praying, we're going to look around and just see those people who've got a hand raised, and we're going to start to pray for them. If you know them, great. You can use their name. If you don't, God will understand the prayer, even without that we're just going to start to pray for one another who are hungry for a touch of God and if you if you've got your hand up now I want to just encourage you to change that position of your hands to a position of just sort of faith posture to receive so hands out like that we'll remember who you are we're going to we're going to pray for you right now so let's just turn to pray feel free just to raise your voice to pray pray out let's call on the holy spirit to come father and son to send and release his spirit his presence upon those around us, if you'd like prayer, but you kind of not getting that or you don't, <laughs> you missed out earlier. Now you want to raise your hand. It's OK. You can come late to the party and we'll still pray for you. But let's just let's just start to raise our voice and pray for people just to receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. you're not being prayed for, or praying specifically for somebody else, I would just encourage you just to encounter God and to take a posture of just reception yourself and just to try and relax your body and just to breathe and just to be at peace, just for a moment, to be still, to not worry about what other people are thinking about, but just to enjoy his presence. Just to, just to calm your mind. If you need something to think about, think about the goodness of God. Think about the love demonstrated on the cross. Let your mind fill with that. And just, and just breathe. Just breathe. Just a moment, I believe, just a healing from all of the built-up anxieties and fears of an unprecedented 18 months. Just to just to breathe.
2: you my children, you my children, you my children. But I was right there by your side You are not beyond my love You are not beyond my love Cause you're my children You're my children You're my children, and nothing will ever separate you from my love.
3: God wants us to know that we are His children, dearly, dearly loved. His love is greater than you can possibly imagine, more wonderful than you could ever think. And it's here, and it's here for you. He loves you.
2: Oh God, we love you, Lord. You're our perfect Father Oh, we love you, Lord
1: What a privilege and what a hope to stand in the power of Christ. It's true for all of us as we leave this place shortly who trust in Christ. We stand in his awesome and mighty power. A few notices just before we go this time next week, next Sunday, we've got a baptism service. Five people are going to be baptized uh, here or somewhere over there, we hope, in our tank on wheels. You don't want to miss that. Wonderful occasions. You might want to come early because I think the place is going to be fairly crowded and full um, to ensure that you've got a seat for that. In the evening, we have Commission Global. Um, it's online, a wonderful event. Um, this is the family of churches that we're a part of. News, updates, great messages, teaching, worship uh, from around the world, so it's a privilege that we get to be part of that in the week on the 30th um, we have lead plus uh, a session if you want to grow in leadership open to everybody to come is online all about leading with hospitality Um, and then we have prayers beneath your feet still going on where we are writing up little prayers on little strolls there's a table over there and and I think there's another one over there and you can fill those in and they'll go under the floor of the new auditorium which will get uh, floored over covered over at the beginning of October so we can put prayers under people's feet for generations to come A, a real privilege and just to say if you're new to church and you wanna find out more about us, you wanna get connected, just around the room, there's a couple of QR codes for the people in person. You'll see that. There's one just behind Dave, our premises manager's head, right there. There we go. Um, You'll find that. Um, Just scan that on your phone, you can fill in a form very quickly, and we'll do our best to get in touch uh, with you uh, throughout the week. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all the families coming to support um, at the wonderful dedication service. Have a great week. May the goodness of God follow you throughout this week to bring you back here. May you have a great week. Bless you. We'll see you again soon. Bye.